Hello, listener. It's New Game Plus, the internet's 44th leading gaming podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And your co-host, Antonio. And guys, this past weekend, we had the pleasure of covering Level Up Expo, Las Vegas' anime, gaming, comics, wrestling, just about anything remotely geeky they have a it's a convention for that absolutely and i gotta tell you it's always become like a huge highlight for me to uh, cover this event honestly you know it's it's funny because my first level of expo was actually last year really mm-hmm. um i i always saw it as more of a video game convention and it's weird it's like i i never i never really thought much about it because i'm like oh it's a video game convention it's not really an anime convention so i don't know if it's really something up my alley and then i went ahead and went i went for one day last year and that one day was better than admittedly honestly some of some of the other cons that i had gone to Hmm. like it was it was amazing it was huge the events were super fun actually that's where that's where i met um that's where I met uh, Shinobazu. Oh, and, okay. And started uh, started. That's when I started to like actually start looking at streaming in a more kind of serious light. If anything, I, I kind of attribute that particular night to um, like inspiring me to to pursue this a little bit, my streaming career a little bit harder. Wow, that's uh, quite a history there. And as for myself, uh, I've been kind of like going there even during the days of press start to play so i got to see it go from like the cashman center to getting big enough to actually go with the las vegas convention center and let me tell you guys that is a huge venue change mm-hmm. so yeah uh thank you to level of expo for granting us the media coverage passes we was an amazing time so what we figured i would do this episode is because you know um we want to recap what we did what we saw and during the convention, Antonio just went full force and interviewed a bunch of indie game developers. Um, it's a weird kind of like poetic circle here because my fir- our first episode of New Game Plus, that was me basically going to different developers and splicing in a bunch of interviews too. So it's kind of weird how this is working out. Mm-hmm. Wait, so that means we're almost at our or at is it has it been a year? It's going to be a year in this up in March. Yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah, that, that's actually kind of. I, I figure we should do something big for that, but we'll figure something out. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna hit our year anniversary soon, and then like maybe ten more episodes. That's when our year year anniversary of you officially joining the show. God damn. Anyway, so let's uh let's kind of kick this off with day one. So we both got there relatively like early when the con started. So, yeah, because because I, I I had just gotten off of work. Um, mm-hmm. The con opened at I think three p.m. that day. Mm-hmm. And I was also there helping cover for stuff for my other stuff, Checkpoint XP on campus. Shout out to those guys. Mm-hmm. And so let's um let's start off with what do we think about the all important exhibitors hall? You know, every time you go to a con, it's like the first thing everyone goes to because well, it's where you can buy most of the crap you want to buy. It it was amazing. Like like if it's one thing that stuck out in my mind um, last year, the exhibitors hall was like really well designed there was a lot of room in between the aisles there was a mm-hmm. lot of room for you to, to to just like stand like like you could have a line of people standing in front of a booth and you could still like, like on each side and you could still make your way in between them relatively easily um which i absolutely loved especially in like the bigger area booths um but I liked that, you know, the artist alley this year was pretty much right next to the the vendors. Um, and like the, the vendors booths were really, really big and also very, very varied, very, yeah. very varied, very varied. Um, so one thing I want to talk about the vendors here is I've gotten so used to so many cons here that you always get that one booth that always feels a little sketchy to you. Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Either Sometimes they're selling like... a 
they're really trying to push a product or trying to make you pay for like a subscription service or they like want you to MLM play or something. Yeah. Or they want you to play a game that apparently you can win a bunch of like a new PS4 or an Xbox. And you're wondering like, okay, well, how did these guys get past like even the first application here? But no, there is none of that here. Mm-hmm. And that's always a sign of quality for me personally. Yeah, and and it's like like there were definitely some booths out there that had a much higher price point. Like the one that sticks out in my mind is like the the custom lightsabers booth. But you know what? If you're going to a convention and you have that kind of money to drop, it's still within the subject matter, and I, like yeah, it, like the market is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a great variety of like anime products. Uh, we got to see a lot of the uh, local game stores kind of represent themselves. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. We had the comics. Um, what were some of the ones that stood out in your mind? Um, so uh, one of them was definitely the the lightsabers booth. Um, there was another like prop weapons booth that I really really liked. Actually, honestly, both of the prop weapons booths that were there um, mm-hmm. really caught my eye just from the the variety of weapons that they had. Again, spanning anime, video games. Um, even even like lesser known weapons that were specifically from people in like comic books and whatnot, and it was it was really cool to see that variety. And there was also a huge focus on tabletop gaming. There was a couple of booths that were selling dice or uh, tabletop related accessories. That was always really neat to see. So shout out to like you know uh, Alex and Sam. I'm sure I wish you got to, you guys got to see that. Oh yeah, there's there's been there was at least a couple of things I found in Artist Alley that were uh, tabletop related that I. Uh, little little secret. We may have some things planned as a little Ooh, gift. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And speaking of artists, Alley, like the variety of artists, always a pleasure to see. Um, I myself, I kind of said this multiple times in a, like conversation. Whenever I go to a con, like the main thing I will spend my money on is artist work because one, I don't really have the space for figures, and two, I just like. I just feel like they just like dust in my place, so mm-hmm. I never really saw the appeal of collecting them. But at least with art, I can put them on my wall, and I'm supporting artists, so everybody yeah. wins there. I feel like this artist alley was one of the most varied that I've ever seen, because usually when I go to like an an an, an like an anime conventions artist alley, it's like ninety five percent prints, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, like there were prints, there were, there were like little, some 3d sculptures, there were buttons, there were metal pins. There were like, like there were, they were like little crocheted things. Like there was, there were so many different just types of art that you could get. There are even a couple of artists I recognize though. If you know the name Takimi-chan and you know her art style, she was there. Her, her, she had a, she had a, yes. So keep like like was she actually there or did she have like like reps? Okay, so I, that I never was I never clarified on, but I do know her art was there. That is uh, something you do not ever mistake for anything else. Oh yeah, because I, I I love Skinny Chan so <laughs> much, especially if you're part of her Patreon. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, I mean, you know, spite the spiciness aside, like there are some there's some re- like just ah, oh, it's like so beautiful. And not only was there a bunch of awesome vendors, but there was a separate section of dedicated dedicated to well gaming. Mm-hmm. And like like not just like oh like a little bit of video games like no they like half of, if it wasn't the vendors hall the the other half was dedicated to whether it was retro video gaming, um you know video game tournaments, uh, up and coming video games, indie games, like it was all like I want to say like a the 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 back one third of the conve- of the of the exhibitors hall was just for the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see such a wide variety. You got the classic ones. You got there was a retro station where you got to see a bunch of like there was um there was an Xbox two Xbox setups and they were doing Lance connections. So you had like eight person parties going uh mm-hmm. death matches going on and that was you really had, cool. That was a great old school old school Halo land parties, man. That mm-hmm. that was a blast in the plastic. I know you and I both uh, had it out on uh, on day one with a couple mm-hmm. of the uh, with a couple of uh, the, the arcade games. We got to play a couple of our specialty games and show why there are our personal games. I got to kick your ass in Street Fighter, and you completely destroyed me at Vampire Savior. Holy crap! Yeah, I, I, 
Is that we we took each other to each other's house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun, so, though. That's a rubber match now, so now we got to find a way to, like, uh, settle the score. Guilt, uh, dude, Grand Blue. Yep, exactly. Grand Blue. Look forward to that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the giant wrestling ring where they had some fan- – there were some fantastic matches, first of all. If uh, you guys don't know, Versus Pro Wrestling has always had a huge presence at Level Up Expo. Um, it's always a good time there because you also got to see the people who may not necessarily be into wrestling – Go there, sit down for a bit to rest your feet, and get entertained by something that, um, you know, it's relatively family-friendly. Like, it's, it's just, like, old-school-fashioned wrestling fun. Yeah, as, like, like, as somebody who's not really the biggest wrestling fan, I still was, like, always super entertained. Um, I, remember, I remember sitting down and watching one of the matches, and uh, one of the guys got tossed out of the ring, and the other guy, like, chased after him, and then, like, tossed him into one of the chairs, like, in the audience, like, in the front row. And, like, like you know, to be a part, like, to literally have that spectacle sport happen literally one seat away from you has got to be like that that's infectious you know even if you're not into wrestling it's you get caught up in it when you're that close to it and perhaps one of the most wholesome things about it is a lot of those wrestlers they're huge fucking nerds mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're just like geeking as much as we are when they're not like in the match they're like walking around the vendors hall going oh my god i gotta buy this oh my god i gotta buy that <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so Let's uh let's take a short break and we'll let's get into one of the interviews that you did throughout the convention. Why don't you go ahead and like set this first one up? Oh yeah, sure. So um so the first uh people, the first uh, indie game studio that I um interviewed was a uh, a small two person uh, I believe it was a two person dev studio called Mayfire Rose. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at um uh at mayfire rose m-a-y-f-i-f-i-r-e-r-o-s-e and i believe they'll say that again in the interview but just to make sure all right Uh, let's take a listen to antonio interviewing the team at fire rose All right, I am live. This is AKL Trifecta live from Level Up Expo with the developers of an RPG Maker game in the making, uh, Fallen Kingdom and the Fire Rose. Who do I have the luxury of interviewing today? Hello, my name is Ian. And I'm Sam. And what are your roles in the development for this RPG? I do the just the, the base developing, making the game, fighting stuff and all that. And I do all the art and story and the spriting and all, all, all the fancy stuff. Okay, so you do, the, you do the, the back of the house work and you do the front of the house. Exactly. All right. Um, so getting to the story. So what is the story about? So the story is about this group of friends that saves a bunch of kingdoms from a power-hungry king. Very nice, very nice. Um, and uh, if, I'm, if I'm looking at this right, you guys are using the RPG Maker MV engine. Um, as the programmer, what has been your favorite thing about the engine? The ease of use. I started back in uh, RPG Maker 2000. And it, 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 it came a long way. came a long way. I really like the character generator. It's really good for making NPCs really quick. I really like it. Um, and speaking of characters, uh, out of this lovely cast of characters, I know you guys may not be able to see it, um, but there are, looks like seven, well, ten, ten of them. So out of these ten casts of characters, which ones have been your favorite? Well, my favorite character is not in the demo. You'll meet him later. Uh, it is, his name is Iodos. Uh, he is the berserker of, of the cast. Does a shit ton of damage. Uh, big hits, big crits. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of damage dealers, so that's right up my alley. See, there's a cost. With each big hit, he takes a portion of his HP away. Oh, cast cast from HP. So you have to strategize around his his damage. So you need a really good healer with good with good heals over time and heals in general. You gotta keep him up so he can keep doing the damage. As for me, I'd have to say my favorite is Noah. He's in science experiment that ended up escaping. 
and doesn't really know much about the world and learns about himself and his friends and just what he feels is right for him, his representation of himself. Um, now, I, you and I were chatting before we the, before the interview actually started, um, and you said that you've been developing this game for about two years? Years, a bit on and off. Um, mainly working out the story details while, yeah, the story details were a real, real big, big part of it. And what has been, uh, and this goes to both of you, what has been your biggest challenge during this development process? Making interesting boss fights. Like, really making the fights interesting. While it being a traditional style RPG, some of the fights can just go, you know, they're just normal fights. But I want to make it interesting. And as for me, I'd have to say my, like, art style and growth over time. That's been the biggest hurdle because I wanted to make sure at release I knew what I was doing and things looked clean and you know proportionate and all of that. So making sure I kept on top of that and kept learning, that was the biggest hurdle. And speaking of art styles, um, this is a very unique style. Can you say that, uh, did you have any sort of inspirations or whether from artists or from other popular media? Yeah, actually, funny enough, the older influence um, was the artist for To Love You. Always loved his artwork, regardless of the fact that his stuff is, you know, a little NSFW sometimes. Still, his style overall, stunning. And a newer influence, actually, is uh, Love Live. I absolutely, like, adore idol stuff and just that style in general. The, the the colored hair, the the poppy personalities. Poofy dresses, the big out there kind of personalities, and just and as far as like the style too, like how they're drawn, mm, amazing. There's a character in the game like that, isn't there? Yeah, actually, Luna, my kind of self insert, she adores idols and is actually working on becoming one. I like that. Um, now, um, we are both developers, and we both uh, know firsthand some a lot of the difficulties that we have um, in making a game of pretty much just any scale. Uh, do you have any words of advice or words of wisdom to anybody out there who might look, who might want to get into game development, whether it's on RPG Maker or some other medium? For real, just do it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's really, yeah. Just, just, just do it. Just do it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And last but not least, where can people find you on social media? Um, that would be what? May Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So the best place to find us is Mayfire Rose on Twitter or Instagram or our website MayfireRose.wordpress.com. All right, wonderful. And uh, will there be uh, a downloadable demo of this game available in the future? Yes, there will. Um, I will plan to have it up on Sunday. Nice. So by the, by the airing of this episode, it actually might be available. Do you know the website that you're going to use to publish this? And that website is going to be the uh, mayfirerose.wordpress.com. I'll make sure I make a pinned post. With the full get with the actual current game demo version, and you know, just look out for that date. So that'll be you know this Sunday, most likely when this is airing. So take a look at the date, take a look at the website, and it should match up. All right, wonderful. And once again, thank you both so much uh, for allowing me to play the demo live here at Level Up. Uh, it's a wonderful game. I love the passion that's been put into it and just the design is really sleek and really well done um, as an RPG fan I absolutely enjoy it so thank you thank you both so much thank you thank you And we would also like to thank one of our major supporters, Gamer vs. Taylor. Gamer vs. Taylor is Las Vegas' first ever school of cosplay and costume craft, offering one-on-one -on -one sessions, project parties, and specialty workshops 
team over at Gamer vs. Taylor take pride in helping fellow cosplayers of all skill levels, whether it's fabric, accessories, wigs, or makeup, Gamer vs. Taylor has your back. Not only that, but they also run stream races on their Twitch channel, where one member of the team works to finish a game before another member can complete a cosplay related to that game. You can find them at twitch.tv slash Gamer vs. Taylor. That's Gamer vs. Taylor. As well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, Gamer vs. Taylor. And, and if you're interested in a cosplay aspect, in the cosplay aspect, log on to Gamer vs. Taylor for their address, as well as to book a session of your own. Gamer vs. Taylor. What will you create today? Fantastic interview, man, and look forward to at least two more of that throughout this episode. Oh yeah. And also, like this was again, this was the very first one. So, like it's it's it is it is again not to not to you know spoil anything, but I feel like you can you can feel my confidence growing as the interviews go on. <laughs> Trust me, man, you are a natural. Thank anyway, you. let's 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 kind of finish off day one here. So, what are some of the other stuff we did? Well, uh, I know from myself, I got we both got to hang out with one Jez Roth and the entire crew at Gamer vs. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we got to see their uh, their live stream, their live session of um, Untitled Goose Game. So here's the thing about that. Um, uh, unfortunately, we did know that we were there in, the, in behind the scenes, uh, kind of like pull back to current about here. They, they did have a couple of technical difficulties. And Antonio, being the nice guy he always is, comes in to help as my, any way he can. Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, I I didn't do I didn't do any any major stuff. But you were quick to like just volunteer to do anything you can to help them out. Yeah, because I I wanted to see them do well, and like I like I still do, especially for like a big a big live show like that. It was it's such a cool it's such a cool panel idea that it's like like, like I I want it to do well. Plus, you know, I know the people working it, and I want them to be happy with it, and and you know, they got started late, but the energy that was in that room during that session and also on the live stream and the activity that happened on the stream and also in the crowd was just was an absolute success i can't i can't say that any other way other than it was it was great it kind of feels like that event that they did feels like the natural like evolution of a classic convention event uh iron cosplay mm-hmm yeah, it was it was like it was like Iron Cosplay plus a Let's Play t- together, and it was it was beautifully timed too. Because so, um, for anybody who doesn't know of of Gamer versus Taylor's uh, presence, um, they're a stream whose main focus is one uh, person or persons will work on constructing a cosplay or a part of a cosplay, while another while another person plays the game related to that cosplay and it's essentially a race to see who will win will the cosplayer finish their outfit or will the gamer finish the game and if you listen to most of our podcasts you understand that we shill for them every episode (laughs) absolutely because they deserve it um speaking of like um technical difficulties correct me if you um you know Stop me here if you don't want me to talk about it, but you got to be recruited in helping some certain guests throughout that convention, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. That's a story for day two, though, so... Uh, you want to you start off with day two? I mean, if you want to... I mean, the, 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 the whole recruitment thing happened later on in the day, but... Uh, well, okay, okay that's, that's fine. Why don't we um, take a word from our sponsor, mm-hmm. and then when we get back, we'll get started on day two of the con. Mm-hmm. And we're back. So now comes Saturday, day two of Level Up Expo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we already we talked about the exhibitor hall, so nothing really different there. So let's just get to what we did. Now, Antonio, we kind of teased it before the break. What happened to you during day two? So like a lot of day two I spent kind of just, you know, walking around the dealer's hall and, and kind of just doing what I can. Um if I remember right, it's also where I did the uh, the where I actually did the interviews themselves. Yes, yes, sure. yes. Yes. I, I actually couldn't for, I couldn't remember if it was day one or day two. I remember after a while, kind of turns into a blur. I know, dude. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, there were some other things that turned it into a blur, but <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But um, no, uh, I was I was heading back from the the gaming part of the convention center, and I was I was uh, heading on back over to um, the ShineCon booth where a bunch of my friends were, and uh, I was pulled aside by another one of my friends, and they were like, "Hey, you do you do tech stuff, right? Like, do you know how to like work a mobile hotspot?" I'm like, yeah, I can probably troubleshoot it. I've I've had to do so for my work before. They're like, great, wonderful, walk with me. And they walk with me and I follow them over to the autograph signing booth. And um, next thing I know, I'm being introduced to Jen Cohn, the voice actress for Farrah from Overwatch. Um, what? Yeah, I'm just like, like it was funny because I, I tried approaching Jen the first day, but I was turned away because she wasn't accepting autographs anymore. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. Cause, cause I, I saw Jen on uh, Gamer, one of Gamer versus Taylor streams. Actually, the Thursday before Level Up started, she was mm-hmm. at Gamer versus Taylor. And I'm like, oh, I just wanted to say hi. And, you know, I was, I was in the stream and, and you were really awesome. Um, but after I was turned away, I'm like, uh, you know what? It's fine. Everyone's busy. It'll be cool. So I went, I went from, but I thought I was going to be completely starstruck. Um, but because uh, I was told, like, hey, you need to help out with this thing. And I'm like, I, I'm like the first words out of my mouth were like, OK, how can I help? What do you need help with? And she just goes straight away and, you know, talking about what was she what the issue she was having with her uh, mobile hotspot and how I needed I, I was how, you know, what they had tried and what they wanted to have done at the end of it. And I'm like, OK, cool. So I spend, long story short, I spent two hours on the phone with AT&T trying to fix this mobile hotspot when it turns out all we needed to do was factory reset it. You know, wonderful, wonderful tech support. Wonderful, classic tech support, honestly. Um, but we get it all fixed and, you know, I, I say thank you. You know, thanks for letting me do this. I'm glad I was able to help. Um, and she's like, hey, you know, thank you so much. You're amazing. Um, you know, how can I ever thank you? You know, here, what do you want from my booth? Take whatever you want. And I'm just like, uh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like this really shiny, like metal thing, metal, uh, like print of Farah. And, uh, and she's like done. And she grabs it and she took it out of the little plastic holder and she signed it. And like, she signed it to me with like a little message and then handed it to me and like i had to do my best from not like to not like just squeal right then and there that is amazing seriously man it's it's one of those this is now like my second run-in with like a big voice actor and and i'm starting to realize that they're they like they, they really are they're just people exactly like, um you know, they just want, they have their own set of problems. And if you have the ability to help them and they, and they ask you for your help or they welcome your help, go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. so that was, that was an amazing story for you here. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and start off our next interview. So why don't you go ahead and set this one up? Of course. So the next interview that I have is with a company called or i guess with uh what's for a game called indigo garden it was a 2d visual novel with rpg elements i really really liked this one um i i think this was the one that really stood out for me because i i loved the art style and i just i loved the design of it it was super pretty and um I mean, all, all of these developers were amazing because they all inspired me to do a thing later on that we might uh, talk about. Um, but yeah, Indio Garden was great. You can find them at um, Twitter and Instagram at Indigo Garden, V-N-I-N-D-I-G-O-G-A-R-D-E-N-V-N. And I am live here at Level Up Expo. AKL Trifecta is here with 
uh, another indie game called Indigo Garden, an RPG VN title. Uh, and who, who do I have the pleasure of interviewing today? Uh, my name is Renan Kalili, and I'm the lead programmer on the game. Actually, I guess the only programmer. Because <laughs> we're, we're currently, we're just like a three-person three team. We have two artists and uh, one programmer, which, again, is me. Um, and yeah, this is, this is our, our passion project, Indigo Garden. And we're here demoing at a, a Level Up Expo just to show off the game. So this is an RPG VN, you say. Um, so I got I got to play a little bit of the demo, and there definitely are the the VN elements, and then with the R RPG elements of like battles and stats like that. Um, but overall, what is the game itself about, plot wise? Oh, so plot wise, I don't know if if I'm allowed to go because like, really, it's the two artists that came up with a lot of the plot. There, there's like a if I want to get into like the nitty gritty of the plot, there's like this. It's kind of like the world is taking back um, itself, because the whole point is that the Indigo Garden you play as Indigo, right? And later in the game you can you can change the the name of the character, like when you start off. Um, but the world is kind of infecting all the different enemies in the that you fight. That, that's why you'll see like a lot of the enemies they'll have like a touch of like like nature applied to it because they'll they'll kind of infect this. At least that's the the plot that we're trying to go with. We kind of want to like. Like, like uh, nature reclaiming itself from, you know, humans or, or you know, uh, other living beings encroaching on it or taking too much. Exactly. So that's that's like the the deep lore. But like, apart from that, like we're gonna have four bachelors and four bachelorettes that you're gonna be able to romance in the game. Like you know, like traditionally, like any visual novel has it. Um, and when you do romance them, depending on like your relationship with them. They can join your your party, and you can go and fight the enemies with them. And they'll each have like their own special attacks, their own moves, things like that. Nice. And how long has this game been in development? So we've been developing this game for about a year now, but it's kind of our like passion project because we kind of have to balance it between like work and working on this game as well. But so far, it's been a year. Wow. Uh, well, from what I was seeing uh, in the demo, you guys have done amazingly for a, a year of development. The backgrounds are beautiful, the menus and the animations are extremely slick, and the combat is super fun. The combat actually reminded me a lot of, uh, of Paper Mario, actually. Uh, were you inspired by any other video games that were out there? I never played Paper Mario before, but for sure one of the games that I liked in terms of combat has always been like Dark Souls and things like that, where you can you have to time things out correctly. Well, we have heard that a lot, that it's like reminding people, especially the aesthetics. Aesthetically, it looks a lot like Paper Mario because of like, we have a, a like perspective of 2D where you can move like um, through through space, you know, like in like the 2.5D-ish kind of look. Um, but a lot of a lot of the our influence has come from like older, older RPG games. Like one of the RPG games is Artanelico. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. You played Artanelico? Uh, I've played a little bit of it, but I loved what I played. Yeah, no, it's it's a really fun game as well. That's even where we got a little bit of the combat from as well. Nice. Um, so, uh, I've, I've been saying this to everybody, but uh, you and I are fellow game developers working on our own passion projects. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom to any other people that are out there that might be... Um, unsure if they want to get started or having any worries about if their project is going to be good or just any words of wisdom for your fellow developers words of wisdom okay let's see here for sure if you're if you're on the fence about it i'd say do it like even even if like you know when you try it it, it doesn't work out for you at least having that experience of trying it and like seeing if it, it could take you somewhere it's always worth it no matter what you know and nowadays there's so many like um, good resources online like YouTube, Google, tons of like tutorials and stuff. It's it's never been easier to like come up with your own thing and like try and see if you can if you can do something. You know, it, it's very fulfilling as well. You know, when you get like a bunch of people start playing your game and a bunch of people start talking about it. And hey, the the game needs more games or uh, not the game. The world needs more games out there. You know, absolutely. Um, now, before the interview, uh, you told me that you had made this, or you were programming this in the Unity engine. Um, 
what have been your favorite things about the Unity engine, and have you faced any uh, hurdles or challenges during programming? For sure, the easiest thing has been like the simplicity of the Unity engine, because of like I think that's just their methodology. They just want everything to be very like simple and easy to like set up, work with. You know, I've had I think I've had like granted that's that might be a little biased coming from me because I have like five years of Unity experience. I started like way back then doing just like dumb little projects of myself, um, but the there are definitely some hurdles that you're gonna come across like. Especially if like if you're starting out and you don't know a lot of like programming and things like that, Unity is very programmer heavy. You know, you need to you need to use a lot of scripting. Whereas compared to like other like uh, programming like uh, not programming but like uh, game engines. yeah other engines like Game Maker or even RPG Maker, you can you can you can get something going without doing a lot of programming. Cool. And last but not least, where can people find you on social media? And do you have a demo of this game available for download yet? So you can find us at Indigo Garden VN. Uh, that's our Twitter handle, and we also have Instagram as well. And we're also opening up a Discord. Um, we're probably gonna post the Discord links on Twitter, I'm guessing. So if you want to check out the Discord, you know, uh, see any updates or just just come and talk to us. Like we're always free to talk to people. Currently, we don't have a demo out yet, like in public. But now that we're showing it off in. Um, in public here at a uh, at Level Up, we plan to just like take the feedback that we got from everyone here, polish it up a little bit, and release a demo for people to play and start testing more. Wonderful. Well, I am I am very much looking forward to it. And once again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you too. Of course. Fantastic interview, Antonio. You are just absolutely killing it with these things. Thank you. I, I again, still have no idea how I did it. I feel like I, I honestly, I don't remember exactly all the details of the interview. I just remember like turning on the mic, hitting record, and just being like, "Okay." Everything well, kind of whizzed by after that. that. That's the thing, man. When you're doing these interviews, sometimes, yeah, you can have these like set questions in mind, but sometimes the best interviews, especially those on the spot, are the ones where the, are the questions that you just like come up naturally, you know? Mm hmm. And especially because, you know, the reason why I kind of like pushed you or I, I sort of manipulated to make it that you be the one to do this because I know for a fact that, you know, you're a developer yourself. I figured you would be able to, you know, relate to them in a world that, uh, let's be honest here, I may not understand or do not come from. So that's why I figured you would be the first person to take this job. Mm -hmm. I, I super appreciate the vote of confidence, man. That honestly, that was part of the reason why I'm like, you know, that's actually the reason why I wanted to do my best was because like if it was just me out there, I'd be like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. But like then you put the whole like, you know, no, you know, Daniel's also counting on me for this for for our podcast. Yeah, I want to really make sure that I get I do as good of a job as I can. And you know what? You you absolutely you know above and beyond. And we still have one more interview to tease. So. <laughs> All right. So. um so what else did I do in day two? Um, I filmed some stuff with Checkpoint XP on campus. Uh, there is going to be a video that might surface in the future of me. Not in the best light. I'm going to tease it right here. Uh, I was playing the game of Super Tecmo Bowl on the NES. <laughs> oh, God, I remember, I remember this. And um, I might have been my own worst enemy in that game. And it got to the point where after the score was roughly, oh, nearly 30 to 7, I may have stood up and reset the game and walked away. Oh, man. Oh, you got a salty moment, though. I had a super salty moment. And I'm not, well, I'm a little proud of it, but <laughs> because it was well, I mean, funny. Well, I mean, you know what You know what Ninja says? It's all about getting angry so that you learn or whatever he said <laughs> there that's an episode on itself I, that, <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that oh man so do I and, same here and anyway uh so that was a highlight for me but um honestly like other than browsing the floor um also I want to give a shout out to Ashley here for reminding me that you know as much as a good job you're doing like 
doing your media duties, you had to take a moment to enjoy the con. So that was when I finally went out, looked at the merchandise, actually bought something for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, I'm really thankful for that. So that all led up to, for me, probably the highlight of not just the night, but probably of the entire con for me was every year or every chance I do for when Jez Roth is doing a, a specific event called Lip Sync for Your Cosplay. Mm-hmm. Now I had so, I had never heard of this before until uh literally the night of I'm like, what what is this? And and then I believe you explained it to me actually before mm-hmm. Jez did. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, okay, cool. I can I can see how that's kind of entertaining, I guess. It's like like a little like mini masquerade. And then you know, I like before like- the masquerade. And they're like, dude, no, you have to see it to understand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once again, we had the pleasure of like being able to help, you know, see behind the scenes. I got to document some of that here. Uh, oddly enough, Jen happened to be there because she was going to be the special guest judge. So, mm-hmm. wow, small world here. We're just like keep on encountering each other in some way or form. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I, I was able to, I well, you know, you were there to help uh with some other random stuff i was there to document and film and boy every year it's just the most delight because one the songs are always gonna be bangers first of all mm-hmm. <laughs> they always are jazz knows how to pick them and two like these kids and i say kids because honestly these are kids i'll be <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. they know how to just go balls out and yeah, i mean they, that in the most non-gendered way as possible mm. you know no they they absolutely see that was the thing that i didn't understand that was the thing that i i, I didn't realize is that so so just a, a brief explanation of lip sync for your cosplay um the jezroth the host has a set uh number of songs that were already mm-hmm. picked like essentially a, a playlist of songs mm-hmm. and for every song he'll pick out two people randomly from the crowd or you know volunteers from the crowd and they'll come up and they'll do a routine for that song while lip-syncing to that yeah, song while, while lip-syncing to that song now some of these some of the people that he picks you know are are you know former attendants or former you know or, or you know professional dancers and some of them are just completely out of nowhere and it's so amazing to see like it it doesn't matter how much experience you have dancing it doesn't matter how experienced your your cosplay making skills are when you're up on that stage and you're lip syncing to a song that you know and that you enjoy you could sense the passion of every single one of those people mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. bar none and you can't help but be infected by that, you know, because you're yeah. watching them and you're like, hell yeah, you're just clapping along. Even you find yourself lip syncing too with some of the songs. I know I was. Uh, yeah, I was lip syncing. I was like doing my own little routine. I was, there were, there were times where I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting in my chair, just absolutely like awestruck. Like I, I still remember the moment of, um, the, uh, what was it? Super M's Jopping, I think, is what it was. Ah, oh and, yeah. And the and the two dancers that were picked were actually professional dancers, and they both knew the choreographed routine from the official like video, and they nailed it. It was just so insane to see live that it was just absolutely jaw dropping. And one thing that's so probably intoxicating about the event is just that overwhelming sense of positivity, that sense of acceptance, that sense of like being able to be who you want to be. And that's something you don't really get to see at a lot of events. For God's sakes, that thing filled up. That was the most filled like attendance throughout the entire con. Yeah, if I'm if I'm remembering right, I believe actually Jez had stated that it was standing room only. Mm-hmm. To at at one point, and like it's funny because I kept looking out into the crowd. I, but I, I was look, more so looking out into the like front of the crowd to make sure people didn't like step over certain like like lights and whatnot. Like I almost uh, did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I never actually took the time to look out into the crowd to see how far back it went. And so to hear that it was standing room only in the main events hall, which was 
I want to say three to four halls, like large, is is absolutely mind blowing to me. And I think, and I, and I believe my listeners or any other tenants can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was more popular than the Masquerade. It was more popular than the Masquerade. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, before we get to day three, as the Oh wait, no, no. Just one more thing we have to t- we have to talk about because while I didn't go to it, you, my friend, went full out and went to the after party. Yes, yes, I did. Oh man, that was and kudos to Level Up for being smart and having the <clears throat> con after party on the second day. Hmm. And also, and also picking an amazing location, just like last the uh, HyperX Esports Arena. It's a, it's a large large enough arena for for a dance party. Um, bar's good, drinks are great. <laughs> so, what was that like? Oh my god, dude! It was absolutely. Really, from what you can remember. <laughs> oh, so here, okay. So here's the funny part. I remember, I remember all of it. I had like five adioses and like and like Yikes. half a Guinness. Uh, I was gone. <laughs> I was, I was, as I always like to say, straight pest. Um, but uh, it was, it was amazing because I, I had met up with a group of friends there, and so we all, we all just had an amazing time. I networked with a bunch of people. I gave out some, some business cards. I, in my, in my drunken stupor, ripped my business card holder in half. Oh lord! <laughs> so, so it's all right. It was a cheap free one that I got from okay. work, but it's like, okay, I guess I gotta actually get one now. Um, but no, that was it. Was so much fun just meeting meeting new people. Um, I emceed another dance circle with, funnily enough, the same two people that I had emceed the dance circle with last year. Like it, and and they remembered me. They're like, I remember you. And I'm like, holy shit. And it's like to to remember this one random dude from from literally a year ago, while we're all like having a great time and whatever. It's like that's nuts. <laughs> but uh, not nah, like o- overall, it was it was really really great. Um, as drunk as I got, I still made sure that I you know I, I drunk a lot of water afterwards. And I actually mm-hmm. waited like I waited two whole hours at the casino um, to sober up before I went home. Um, All right. I, I, I realized after I could have just gotten a lift and been like smart about it, but eh. point is I got home safe and I drunk responsibly. Exactly. All right. So with that out of the way, let's get on to our third and final interview. Did all the con go ahead as usual. Yes. up. <laughs> Of course. So this last, uh, this last dev studio um, was, I want to say, the largest dev studio that I had interviewed because yeah, the first two were independent teams focusing on one game, whereas this one was a studio that had, I think, three or four games under their belt or in production. Um, and might I add, if you listen to our first episode, yeah, this is actually a developer I also interviewed on that day. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of the people that was there, um, not the person I interviewed, but one of the people that was working at the booth uh, was actually a streamer that I had met at one of the Twitch, the Vegas, uh, Twitch Vegas meetups. So there's a lot of weird coincidences there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yes, uh, I actually got the honor of, um, of interviewing, I believe the, it was the uh, director of Wim Independent Studios, which actually had multiple games spanning multiple genres at their booth. Yeah, they they were they last when I first knew them they only had two. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Antonio interviewing Wim Independent Studios. AKL Trifecta live here at Level Up Expo with Wim Independent Studios. A for short. <laughs> Wim Indie? Wim Indie for short. Okay. With Wim Indie Studios. And um, we, uh, from what I can see here in your booth, uh, you, are streaming, uh, you guys are developing more than just one game. You guys have multiple titles spanning multiple genres. Yes, yes. Uh, so 
We have Celestia returning from last year. Uh, we are currently developing the full game, and we plan on marketing that towards the end of this year, releasing towards the early next year. Uh, we have our brand new game, Spellbearers, which is a twin stick shooter game. Uh, if you like games like uh, Super Smash TV, uh, Legend of Zelda, it's very similar to that. We're aiming for a release on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Uh, and we also are partnering, partnering with uh, Wicked Cake Games, based out of Arizona, to release Corpse Castle, which is like Tetris, but kind of working backwards. You want to build up the castle of corpses with all the enemies that you defeat. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, Perpetual Player One, you're currently behind the camera. Uh, you guys interrupt. Uh, you guys interviewed uh, for the first New Game Plus podcast, or one of the first, correct? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, so, uh, in since that time, um, I, all of us have, uh, have grown. Um, but what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment since uh, the previous interview last year? Uh, we were able, since last year, we were able to actually secure more partners and, and uh, be able to get more projects to work on for our team. So that's been really great. I really want to make sure our team's kind of taken care of so we can expand and have more games to work on and more games to release. Um, in the past, our focus has been primarily on Celotria and showing the same games over and over again. But going forward, we want to make sure that we show different games every year and different projects with different partners from across the country, pretty much. And... Uh Forgive me for asking this question a little bit late, but who do I have the pleasure of interviewing? Uh, my name's Grover Wimberly, uh, the fourth. <laughs> I'm the producer and director of the studio. And how long has this studio actually been active? Uh, we started in uh, December of 2012, so we just hit uh, we just hit our seven-year anniversary this past December. So, congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So as the director of of this game studio, what what do you feel has been one of the biggest hurdles to overcome funding right so um, for indie game developers a lot of us are developing games out of our own pockets um, so we're we're working on Kickstarter for an unannounced game right now and we want to try to get funding for that and hopefully you know with with that project as well as our original IPs we can uh, get some money coming in so we can you know bolster up our team and, and be able to make even more games in the future now, going back to the uh, going back to the aspect of multiple titles, what has been your favorite game? I know it's hard uh, picking your favorite out of the lineups, but what do you think has been your your favorite? So I'm I'm a, I'm a little biased because I actually worked on on Celotria directly. Uh, with the other two games, I've I'm more of, we're more of a managing partners, and we're taking their games in and, and helping develop those. So I'm a little biased towards Celotria because I actually had a hand had a hand in the game design part of it, which I don't really have time to do anymore because of managing a lot of different projects for the studio. And I must admit, as a streamer and big fan of RPG games, that is the one that caught my attention first. Not saying the others are, are, are bad. Yeah. They all look amazing, especially Corpse Castle. That one looks super unique and fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I, I met the developer of Corpse Castle when I went to Game On Expo uh, in Arizona. Their booth is actually right over there. so. Um, but I met the developer there, he was demonstrating it, and I immediately fell in love with Corpse Castle because I thought, same thing, I thought it was really unique. Um, it, had a, it had an interesting taste on horror, right? A lot of horror games, they have that shock value. But to that, it's like, it's seen, I don't want to say so much it's not an afterthought, but it's like, yeah, they, there's more of an emphasis on fun than an emphasis on trying to scare you. So a big, a big shout out to Alex Asuna who developed uh, Corpse Castle. Awesome. Now, um, as a, in a uh, self-sufficient indie game studio, um, for any developers out there, whether they're just starting out or maybe they're stuck in a rut or just having difficulties, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for them? So uh, in a lot, of, uh, a lot of students that go into game design, they go into computer science. Uh, and a lot of computer science courses they, in, in the, at the university level, they teach like, oh, you don't want to plagiarize. Everything has to be made from scratch, right? So when we get people that work for me uh, coming straight out of college, they, they feel like they want to reinvent the wheel, right, as opposed to using things that are publicly available. So for those um, that are starting out and they want to get into game development, I highly suggest going into something like the using the Unity Asset Store, using a framework to build off of. And then once they have the foundation, make your game unique after that, right? So 
right? You, if you're making Tetris, for example, millions of people have developed Tetris. There's probably a lot of how to make Tetris um, frameworks available on like the Unity Asset Store, right? But like, what sets your game apart from a normal Tetris clone, if you will? Focus your original programming on setting your game apart and use that that foundation to build something useful as opposed to trying to build, you know, trying to spend six months to a year building that foundation. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. It pretty much boils down to there's open source for a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, open, well, yeah, open source, like uh, there's Godot, which is an open source video game engine, right, for people who don't want to spend anything. Um, but there's, there's like, oh, you know, if you want to learn how to build Zelda, there's tutorials available on YouTube. There's there's frameworks available that you can buy for like $120, 60 to $120, where you don't have to try to code to make a character move, right? You, that's all available to you. Focus on making the, the you want to make a Zelda clone, focus on making the unique parts of that thing that sets yourself apart from the, the thousands of other Zelda clones out there. Not necessarily open source, it's just, Find, find frameworks that do the heavy lifting for you. That's my opinion. Work, work smarter, not harder. Work smarter, not harder, absolutely. I tell my team this so often. Um, and last but not least, where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, I'll give you a uh, pamphlet that shows all of our social media channels, but uh, at WimIndy, that is our biggest, um, like at twitter.com slash WimIndy, facebook.com slash WimIndy, uh, we're on Instagram, discord.gg slash WimIndy. We have a verified Discord. You can find us all over that with that with that uh, with that tag. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank and you. I hope to see more of you. And maybe uh, in a year, we will have the third update from WimIndy. Uh, we will. We were. We are going to show more brand new games next year. I can't talk. I can't talk about them. I wish I could. Uh, maybe we might give you the the first scoop on that. Hey, that would be nice. So uh, I'm 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 hearing a I'm hearing a, a an exclusive interview maybe. Who knows? I'm hearing a part three, 2021. It's happening. Thank you so much for your time again. Thank you. Once again, thank you to the team at Womb Independent and all the other developers that we got the pleasure of interviewing. You guys are absolutely amazing. We hope to hear from you again soon. Maybe set something up here, but guys, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely, and and you know, just uh, just to reiterate, please please go check out their social media. Please go check out um, their projects as. Um, as an indie developer myself, um, I know how difficult it can be to get uh, your game off the ground, or you know, to get people to to you know stop and and you know try out the projects that you've worked out worked so passionately for. Um, even just trying it out for just a little bit, or just sharing it with other friends that might be interested in it, goes a long, long way. Now, winding down here to day three, um, full disclosure here, guys, I had to take care of some other stuff. And plus, I think I was all conned out, so I did not attend day three. Mm -hmm. You did a few hours of it, right? Yeah, I did. I did a few hours of it. I had to, I had to dip out early uh, for some personal reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, day three was just as energetic as um, as the other days. Like it was still loud. There were still some wrestling matches going on. Um, and, uh, if I remember right, I think it was the end of day, well, the end of day two and the beginning of day three for me, cause is when I was, when I worked on like the, the final details and when you announced that you had done the thing, um, we, we actually, um, were talking, um, you and me, we were talking about, you know, look, look we have, we've interviewed all these wonderful, um, indie developers and and you know we, we have all these other like artist alley booths and stuff that we've gotten to to see what's stopping us from doing something like that on our own i i, I want to say it was more uh, started off as like you going like you know maybe i i should demo this stuff i, I wish i got the chance to demo that like like you know like and then i kind of I was like, you should do that next. You should do that for this upcoming con. You should do it for Sean Con. And he's like, well, why don't you? And he told me, like, well, why don't you do something for New Game Plus? Like, I've never, ever considered that in my entire life. So we thought, mm -hmm. 
Why don't we do it together? Why don't we do both? We split a table because I know I'm not going to have enough stuff to, you know, fill out a whole table. And it I know I'm not going to have enough stuff to fill up a table. So, but if, we, but if we work together, that's enough stuff. We can we can do some on-site recordings. You know, we can we can show people what we're about. And I and you know I may have had the idea to get the table, but you had the idea to get the panel. So yeah, now let's full disclosure again. Um, as of recording, nothing is confirmed yet. I wanted mm. to make that clear, but yes. you know we 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 know. Now let's be uh, again full disclosure, full transparency. We know the staff. In fact, some of us may actually be sort of staff. So there's a good chance we might get a panel. But yeah, coming at ShineCon 2020, March 20. Uh, 7th through the 29th we'll be doing podcasting 101 or how making a podcast you don't have to guilt your friends into listening to i i love that title by the way i love that so much i love like double titles so yeah that's was, that, I had. was that like was that completely off the fly for you well i was thinking of dr strange love mm. I so love that's that. where i got that idea yeah mm-hmm. so I, I also i also am a big fan of like the double titles yeah, so for this panel, we plan to basically kind of introduce you to guys like, how, where do you get started? You know, what, how do you, can you, do you have an idea for a podcast? Well, we are here to help you kind of put your foot in the door, like how to come up with content, how to come up with what, what equipment do you have available to you? How do you get your stuff hosted? How do you get advertisers? You mm-hmm. know, we will we'll help you kind of show, we'll show you how we got started and um, how we do things now. And we hope to at least, you know, motivate you to do the same because obviously we've been doing this for about nearly a year now. We love doing it and we want to share, we hope to inspire other people to do the same. Well, let's be more accurate. I've been doing this for almost a year. You've had podcasting experience for like six? <laughs> six about six, according to the official bio, six plus years, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, look forward to that. Um, we, fingers crossed, we get a good time. But either way, if you're going to be coming to ShineCon in Las Vegas next month, March 27th, please look us up, say hi to us, because nothing will make our day more than just like someone who listens to the podcast going, hey, I love you too. Mm. Oh God, that would make my day so much. Dude, that would, yeah, that would live, honestly, that would be great. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously, what, what if, we, if we do get confirmed, we'll be sure to reannounce it on a future podcast just to mm-hmm. say like, yes, we've been confirmed for this. And you know, here are the details. Mm-hmm. We will spam you guys nonstop on our social medias and our feature and feature episodes. Don't worry, you guys Absolutely. will Absolutely. probably be sick of it by the time that ends. <laughs> anyway, so you know, you left early. I didn't go. Let's kind of like now that we kind of recap everything. Our overall thoughts on Level Up Expo and for us at least, who has Vegas as Vegas residences, what does it mean for us? Um, I, I still love it. It is, it is, you know, not to, not to knock any other con, you know, and this is just purely subjective on my end. I mm-hmm. think level up has been one of my favorite Vegas expos. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, it is a wonderful size. It's not too crowded, but it has enough, it has enough crowd to like really have that energy mm-hmm. and like, uh, and, and because it's actually, because it's not just an anime convention, while it, there's not, while there's some stuff out there that isn't stuff that I would normally be interested in, it makes me happy to see it because I know of other people that would go for the stuff that's in Level Up that isn't normally in a standard anime convention. Mm-hmm. And as for myself, I absolutely adore Level Up Expo. I hope to continue to support and cover that event as the years to come. Seeing from where it began to where it is now, I honestly do believe, as of right now, it is the top con- anim- like nerd convention in Las Vegas by by far none. Mm-hmm. In terms of like size, in terms of uh, organization, in terms of just like, just in terms of energy because every time i've been to level up expo for like the last couple of years it's always been not just like great like nerding out but 
just the vibe you get from like one seeing friends you haven't seen in a long time but it's nothing but like hey oh my god it's been so long uh it's great to see you it's like you, you get to have that feeling every year mm-hmm. and there's, there's nothing better like i know i don't want to get too personal here but i had a moment of like complete catharsis especially considering last year it was the it was like shortly after the end the press started to play that it I got to reconnect with a lot of old friends that I thought the bridges were burned, and it definitely another was another highlight of my uh, of my time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I honestly, I think final thoughts for me is like keep on going at a level up, like shoot for the stars because it, it, you hold the reins now for nerd culture in Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, so that's going to be the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you do, please leave us a comment, favorite us, subscribe, whatever it is, share our episodes. It would really help us grow. Um, first, and then, and now we go on to the so, uh, blah, 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 blah. That's okay. I'm not going to cut this out. Antonio, where can people <laughs> find more from you? <laughs> It's all right, man. It's been a long weekend for both of us. It's been uh, a while since we did this late night like recording session. Honest, honestly, yeah, we've been doing good with the uh, with the Sunday recordings. So yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one on Facebook and Instagram as the perpetual player one and on Twitter as perpetual player because character limits. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, this has been press start to play as usual. Guys, go out there, go do amazing things, and we'll see you on the next episode of New Game Plus. Bye, everybody. See you later.